0: Needs food badly. It's Gauntlet on the Atari ST show live from Boat Fest! Yeah! Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Atari ST Show. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. Today, Aaron, we're going to be talking about gauntlet. Oh, man. Aaron, have you ever had to run the gauntlet? Just a couple days here, I have, yeah. (laughs) I'm still running that sucker. You know, in band the gauntlets mean something else. They're like uh, gloves. They're gloves, yeah. right. So I always thought when people ran the gauntlet, yeah you'd have people that were just standing like on two columns and they've got gloves and they're they're slapping at you with the gloves. That is what you thought that meant. I thought that I seriously thought that was what running the gauntlet meant. <laughs>
1: I don't know how to respond to that. That's dumb. Well, I don't know what to tell yeah. <laughs> so, what did you think? God, what the game was about—going around smacking each other with gloves. Isn't that what this the game is the about? This isn't the South. Well, I guess it is the South, but you know what I mean. There's no gloves
0: involved. Have you ever wanted to duel somebody? I have, and I've often wanted to hit somebody with a glove. Yeah, you can accomplish both of those things while you're at both that No, that is a thought.
1: I don't have any gloves, but yeah, that's a thought. The thing is, that would really make you mad if you got slapped with the glove. You'd right. have to kill a guy.
0: Yeah. If you were gonna duel with somebody old school style, what would be your weapon of choice? Probably bare fists. Really? Pick bare fists. Or maybe
1: a rock. I don't think you can pick a rock. Well, I want something that someone that's better than me at fighting would not have an advantage at. Banjos. Banjos, exactly. Stuff like that. Thank you. There's the glove. Ow! (laughs) Do you want to duel me? Yes, I do. That hurt. You give me that. You can T-stick. hit me, hit me. I'm going to hit you with a glove. What do you think this is? This <laughs> is I'm ta-
0: we're going to have death by rock as soon as this is over. Jeez Louise. You know, Aaron, this week's Atari ST show, as always, is brought to you by our patrons. In particular, Game Selection Committee members Richard Davey, Dave Velociraptor, and Graham W. Bebke. They can pay for my reconstructive nose surgery. Listen, after both Amigathon, I figured you know maybe your nose was still a little bit raw from that pie to the face. How come Hatchad's involved in me getting hit in the face with stuff? It's weird how he keeps coming up. Yeah. So, you know, Aaron, it's interesting to note that there were games called Gauntlet before the Gauntlet that we know and love. Oh, Have yeah? you know that? No. So the first Gauntlet I could find was actually a Defender clone. Okay. All it right. Clone. It was released by Micropower in 1984 for the BBC Micro. Okay. The other one, there's actually two Gauntlet games. The other one was a multi-directional shooter programmed by Donald Lebeau. For the Atari 8-Bits in 1984. So when the Gauntlet Arcade game was released, it actually changed, they changed the name of the old Gauntlet to Gauntlet Tack, which is lame. Yeah, that's much um, worse. Even though the guy, the original Gauntlet guy, he trademarked the name Gauntlet for a video game. Yeah. So I guess he didn't like his chances going like up against the Atari lawyers. Maybe they made him a deal. Yeah. You know, bought him out or you something. You never know. But anyway, you can still play Gauntlet Tack, but its original game was Gauntlet. So. Let's talk about the roots of Gauntlet as an arcade game. So, Gauntlet was inspired by a 1983 8-bit Atari game called Dandy. Yeah. Uh, and which Do you know why they called it Dandy? Um, I used to know. It stands for something or another, but I don't know what. It's a play on words on D&D. Yeah, D&D. That's what it was. I don't know, man. If you're trying to market your hack and slash adventure game you're going to maybe if you're trying to appeal to teenage boys don't call it dandy well yeah they dropped the ball on that yeah yeah uh it does appeal to me though because as you know i'm known as the southern Dandy. that's true you're living up to that this weekend (laughs) anyway dandy was programmed by john palovich and was another one of these great releases by the atari program exchange apx you just gave away a big binder of apx games last night at the swap meeting that's right? right yeah uh, of course, we all know the APX was the groundbreaking service set up by Atari in their early home computer days that allowed bedroom coders to have their games published and sold through a catalog, and they could get some bucks. You know, it's so like you're, a, you're telling me that this came out with the APX. Yeah, this was originally. This an is APX another game. one of those weird games. What, well, why? That's so strange. Well, to me. You, you know, in the Atari in England, the way it worked is when you were a bedroom coder. You'd take your game to a publisher, and yeah. they'd give you an advance, and they'd print up a bunch of cassettes. In the U.S., it didn't quite work like that all the time, and you had the APX, where you'd have to send it to Atari. Atari would decide if it was good enough to publish in their catalog. Yeah, if it was, and they'd give you a little bit. They'd give you a little bit of back end, hmm. you know, when it sold. So. Anyway, that's the. this was originally an APX game. There's there's a lot to talk about with Dandy, um, but we'll have to do that in a future episode of 1200XL since that's an Atari 8-bit game. But suffice to say that it served as a direct inspiration for Gauntlet right from the mouth of the creator of Gauntlet, Ed Log. You may remember him from such minor titles as Asteroids, Centipede, San Francisco Rush. You know, kind of a no-name. Uh, but Ed, Ed wanted to do a D&D game, because his son was a big fan, but he wasn't really sure how to do it until he saw Dandy running. And then he was like, oh, I'll just copy this. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's rumored that John Palovich was going to bring a lawsuit against Atari, but he later settled. get this for a free gauntlet machine. That seems like, <laughs> I don't know, it's just a constant reminder that you were screwed. This is why you need to hire a lawyer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, speaking of the arcade machine, uh, the arcade machine Gauntlet was released in 1985. It was immediately successful. They produced around 8,000 units of it. It was initially released as a four-player game, but I guess a two-player game exists. Have you ever seen the two-player Gauntlet cabinet before? You know, I don't think I have.
1: We had uh, we had a Gauntlet two that may have been a Gauntlet one. I'm not 100% sure. But the the four player gauntlets aren't that big. I mean, they're not as big as you think they would be. Mm-hmm. You know, and so when you playing not like a
0: four player super
1: sprint, it's not like playing like Wrestlefest or something where it's like the double wide control mm-hmm. panel. So like if you're playing Gauntlet, you're getting up close and personal with your buddy. I mean, yeah. real up in there. Yeah,
0: yeah. So um, anyway, uh, Gauntlet was extremely extremely successful from a financial point of view. Of- yeah, I bet. I read on Wiki it was earning some operators upwards of four thousand dollars a month in revenue. Pretty good. It's Pretty good. You want that in your arcade. Well, they had a reason for that, didn't they? I'm sure you'll get into that. Yeah, yeah, and of course, uh, when we get into talking about the game, we'll talk about why it was such a big earner. But needless to say, you can't have that kind of success in the arcade without doling out the ports Yeah. every computer and console under the sun. And that brings us to the ST version of the game, okay? So the ST version of Gauntlet was a two-disc affair. It was released a couple years after the arcade game in 1986. Uh, Moby has it released in 1987, but I'm guessing that that's maybe the U.S. release date where it was published by Mindscape. Yeah, uh, it was developed by AdventureSoft and published by. You know it was coming? U.S. Gold. Yeah, you know it's gold, except when it's not. Yeah, when it it's is U.S. Gold. gold. Yeah, uh, this was a full price title. Uh, full price title. Uh, it was 24 uh, pounds 99p when it was first released. Pretty expensive. Uh, the programming was done by freelance programming team Graham Lilly and Toman Ermac. Uh, this was actually. Sounds like an evil set of twins. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want me to take you to Toman Ermac. No, I don't. Uh, this was actually their first major commission in video games. Uh, before breaking into the games field, yeah. uh, Graham worked for a British hardware company I'd never heard of called Apricot. Have you ever heard of Apricot before? Mm, no, I've never caught my head. No, remember Level Lord brought us that apricot juice. Yeah, that was, I was freaking great. I don't think they were involved. No. Uh, it's funny, I like to think that by now with all of our various endeavors, we'd be well-versed in all that the British computer scene had to offer in the 80s, but there's always more to explore, so... Yeah, Ap- that, Apricot, is, that is ringing a bell. Yeah. I well, think I have heard about them on ARG. They manufactured business machines in the early 80s that competed with the IBM PC, and it was Graham's job to do the software conversions. Yeah. Uh, Toman Ermac yeah. was a uh, traditional illustrator who designed the covers for Practical Computing Magazine before jumping into the hot, hot world of computer games. Mm. Okay. So, um, as was common and somewhat inexplicable back in the day, Graham and Toman were given no source code, uh, no maps, no graphic files to work with and when they began the project. What they did at first was they actually went over to the Gremlin Studios. You know, the, the other British developers, Gremlin, They were working on the 8-bit port and they said, Hey, give us a go with your arcade machine you've got over here. You know, because they had an arcade machine... I guess uh, what happened was they took about 100 pictures of all the maps and everything. Yeah. And that's what they had to go and That's what they Can had to go Can you imagine?
1: Because these maps aren't small. No,
0: no. So eventually when Gremlin finished their port, Atari moved the machine to their place so they could work from. You know, Aaron, it would be interesting to find out how many times that happened, where arcade companies would just have like a lunar cab yeah. that would be shuttled around all the game studios in yeah. England. Yeah. You'd think that as somebody like Atari, they'd have enough jack they could maybe give five or six of these things out, but apparently not. You I don't got bet, one machine. I don't think
1: they cared that much. You're They're probably not much right about the home version of these things. You're probably
0: right. You're probably right. And anyway, in England, it's a lot easier to shuttle around a whole country than the United States. That's right? true. Yeah. So, but anyway, eventually, U.S. Gold got printouts of all the maps of each level. They were able to code those into the program. It was. It worked out. So we talked a lot about the background of Gauntlet in both the arcade and on the ST. So. Let's go ahead and dive right into the game. All right. Aaron, I know this is a stupid question, but have you played Gauntlet before this week? I have.
1: I have. I've played Gauntlet, uh, the arcade version, and some of the ports. I had not played the SD one until we tried it this week. So, uh, hey, listen. First of all, it was easy to run. Mm-hmm. That, that, yeah. that scores your big Load point right up. Uh right But, you know, I've never been a fan of Gauntlet. As d and D player, I don't see really any. This is, I mean, this is as much like D and D as Berserk to me. Mm-hmm. You just put new, uh, you know, a fresh coat of paint on it. But uh, uh, you know, I never liked this game because this is one of the first games in the arcade that you like basically. It you couldn't win. You couldn't use your skill necessarily to win. I guess if you were real skilled, you could extend your game. And I just never. I like the idea of playing with your buddies and stuff. But it, you know, it's just the concept of this. It just fell into that same category where a lot of games fell, where they're like RPGs or D and D like, and it really aren't anything like that. It was always a letdown to me. Uh, you know, it was the, later on in video games with stuff like Cadash or the Dungeon Dragons, like games from Capcom. I thought those captured the flavor of D and D a lot more than this. But of course, you couldn't put those out when this was made. But I mean, we, it, all that said, we did own a Gauntlet too, so I, we liked it enough. We, we picked, we had it, you know. Uh, but uh, uh, Gauntlet One is a game I saw come in the arcade, and it was popular. But I never played it a whole lot. Well,
0: I agree with you in that you know, if you're looking for like some you know fantastical backstory to get you in the mood for a dungeon romp, you yeah. know, if you're looking for you know the story of these characters and how they came to, you get none of that. Yeah, you get none of that in Gauntlet. Uh, the goal, as laid out in the manual, is for uh, for the ST version, one or two adventurers. To survive the perils of the dungeons while collecting valuables and destroying evil creatures, and of course you've got to keep your health up. The health is the name of the game. When your yeah. health reaches zero, it's over. It's over. So, what do you think about you know? What do you think about the complete lack of backstory? We frequently make fun of backstories on this show because you know that they were written in two seconds. Yeah. Would you rather the the, the developers just forego the backstory and say, listen? You're in a dungeon. Deal with it.
1: Well, in a game like this, I mean, this is an arcade port, so I know arcade games, they very rarely get into the backstory, so it doesn't bother me that much. Uh, I mean, this is a game where you pick it up quickly. The one thing about it is you don't need docs or anything. You, just, you pretty much instantly know what you're doing. Yeah. So I don't have
0: a problem with it. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. So, Aaron, let's talk about what this game actually is. So, as a, as a veteran gauntlet player, how would you describe the gameplay?
1: Um, well, you, uh, you pick a character, and the characters have various uh, uh, advantages, uh, al- allegedly, you know. And then you uh, go and you basically drop you into a top-down uh, maze, and that you have to go through by getting a series of keys and working your way through enemies. This thing has the old enemy generators in it, you know, so that's interesting. I mean, I will give them credit. When they did this game, they actually put in a lot of stuff. To make it more interesting, they have different, lots of different monsters. They've got treasure, they've got food, they've got tricks and traps in there. They've got parts of the floor you can't touch. They put a lot of interesting stuff in these uh, the Gauntlet series to make them a little more interesting, you know. Uh, so I'll give them that. I don't, you know, really. There's not bad games. I mean, that sounds like I'm killing them. They're not, they're clever. The the uh, bad guy generators. It's it's a good way to go. You can kill the generators, stop the bad guys. They got guys that are indestructible in here. You know, they've got the ability to shoot through uh, little areas of the walls. You know, the, the way the maze is set up is pretty clever. So you think you're close to the exit, but you've got to go another way to retrieve the key or whatever. Uh, it, you know, teamwork can, can be used. You can also screw your teammates over. So, so I like the concept of it. You know, you know
0: you know you seemed you seemed less than convinced that the, uh, the 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 four different characters in this game actually are all that different.
1: Well, I mean what do you think? I, mean, I know they are, I mean I guess they are, but well, I will mean, Roy-
2: tell,
0: tell you what the manual says and all you right. tell me if you agree with me. Okay? Let's start with Thor. Yeah. Okay. Thor is the warrior. Yeah. He's like you. Okay? He's, he's For his armor, right. his armor, the old tough skin. Yeah. Okay. It is like me. His skin is so tough it eliminates 20% of the damage it takes, okay? So that's pretty good, mm-hmm. pretty good. He's your classic bruiser. He excels at both ranged and close-up attacks, but his magic ability is no good. No good, yeah. okay? So that's Thor. Next up you got Thyra, the Valkyrie. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Thyra and Thor are a lot alike. Both of them score poorly in the magic department. Uh, Thyra's attacks aren't as strong as Thor's. Uh, her ranged attacks are kind of weak, but she soaks up a lot of damage because she's got the shield. Yeah. You know? Um, it, it, a good shield will t- stand up the tough skin any day of the week. I'd rather have a shield. Yeah. Uh, then you got Questor. War, probably the most famous of these guys. You always remember War the Elf. Get a dumb name. Well, he's wearing leather, Aaron. You well, know, he's into that. Okay, I mean, what? it gives you about ten percent damage soak. Not as good as the other ones, um, but it's better than nothing. The manual says he's got a dagger. I don't yeah. believe that because That's, he shoots freaking arrows.
1: Well, the, traditionally in like a Dungeons and Dragons world, uh, wizards don't use like weapons. Like swords, so they always use
0: crappy little crowbar weapons. We're talking about the elf, though. Oh, well then you're right. That's a bad weapon. Yeah. Sorry, I, I mis I misplaced you there. Now he's got he's he's sort of the balance between okay magic yeah. and okay physical attacks. All he's right. like 50-50. And then finally, you can't have a fantasy game without a wizard, and you can't have a wizard without calling him Merlin. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he's got no armor. Yeah. He's got no hand to hand abilities. He fires bursts of energy. Yeah. Uh, and they they pack back a pretty big punch, but his magic power, that's off the chart. So you pick up potions in this game to destroy all the monsters on the screen. They're like smart bombs. What makes a difference is how these things damage the monster generators. So if you're playing as Thor, your magic isn't going to destroy a monster generator, but if you're playing as Merlin, it will. That's really the big reason. And you do notice that your characters soak up damage differently, but it's not a huge, huge difference that I saw. It's it's less when you play it at home. I think there's
1: even less impact. You know, what I mean, than right. in the arcade because it's just the way this game works. It just you're sort of overwhelmed, and that's stuff sort of watches over you when you're deep in it. You know. Yeah.
0: So who's your who's your gauntlet hero? Thor. Choice? I usually play Thor. Yeah. yeah. Big O. Well, I usually pick him because he's just right there. He's usually the first choice. And so I you're just lazy. Yeah. So you should have picked him just anyways because yeah. you're lazy. Yeah. I've also got leather skin. Yeah. Um. So let's run over the bad guys. Okay. Oh so God, one, there's a lot of them. Well, there's there really aren't. There really aren't. There's 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 three different classes. Okay. You got your ghosts. Yeah. Okay. Your ghosts can only hurt you if they touch you, just like real ghosts, okay? Um, you've got your grunts. Your grunts are your cannon fodder. They just they roam about in huge packs and they maul you, you Yeah. Know? Then you got demons. Demons shoot fireballs at you. They've got the ability to bite, yeah, you know. Uh, lobbers, they do what they say. On the 10, they throw stones at you, the yeah. lobbers. You got sorcerers. They become invisible when they move. They're invulnerable when they're invisible. And then there's our good buddy, Death. Yeah. Right? There's lots of those. He can't be killed except by magic. Also, just, you know, it's like death, the death we know and love. So, a lot of, well, I'd say most of the fun in Gauntlet is delving deep into the dungeons with a buddy. Yeah. This game is not a very fun one player experience, wouldn't you, wouldn't you agree? It's more of a, a, a trudge. Yeah. Even with two people, it feels like a trudge to me. Yeah. You know, nothing can beat. Frantic four-player action, but two players—two players, two players are, are definitely one. It gives you plenty of opportunities to cooperate or steal each other's food or all that stuff. So, Aaron, what do you think about the graphics on the ST port of this game? I thought I thought the ST port looked well. I mean,
1: it's the scrolling, and it's not the best, is it? No. Uh, the gra- I mean, the graphics—just if you look at the screen, it looks okay. I mean, really. I mean, I think it looks pretty good. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, um, it's herky-jerky. Yeah. I mean let's let's call it what it is it's a herky jerky game and one would wonder but I mean, of course everyone once we picked this or it got picked everyone said you know you got to play the second one now I haven't looked at the second one I figured we might cover it one right. days. but I, I guess they ironed out a lot of the issues uh, with the way things look and scroll I mean it's not a deal breaker I mean I played through it for a good while and without and, and it was okay mm-hmm. you know I, of course I've played this on real low end machines so the ST feels pretty good.
0: So, eh, it's okay. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you. The sprites are actually pretty good, I think. Uh, you know, when you compare this to the 8-bit conversions of the game, this looks much, much closer to the arcade. Yeah. Uh, the coin-op version of this game uses 32 colors. The ST had to make do with 15, but that's still a pretty good amount of colors. Yeah. Um, five of the 15 colors they used for the floors, the remaining 11 they used for the walls and characters. Uh, they didn't try and do anything to the aspect ratio of the screen, which was a good move. You've still got the HUD on the right side, just like the arcade game. Uh, if you want to watch somebody try and go the other way with that, play the NES version of Gauntlet, which is horrible. Yeah. I mean, it's a horrible It's renowned for me. its stinkery. Yeah, it's yeah. no good. It's no good. Uh, by the way, uh, if you want to look at the right way to mess with the aspect ratio, check out the ZX Spectrum port. They put the HUD on the bottom and they widened it out. It's not as good as this, but it's it's okay. It's okay. I would yeah, I just keep it like this. I'm, yeah, like just like you. The biggest problem that I noticed with this game, and this is the this is the tried and true problem with all SD games, it's just the scrolling. Yeah, you know, um, you've got if it's in a game like Gauntlet, you've got limited visibility. You're constantly moving around to try and see the stage, and the ability of the screen to keep up with your movements has to be there or it, it, or it's just it's not going to work it's not going to work very well and it's I, mean, it's just, just, I thought it worked though it's just jakey looking it just it, it's you know? not pleasant it's not pleasant to play when you see the screen moving around but i mean like did that. you ha- did it affect your actual ability to play the game well, though i i must admit that I, I played a ton of ports yeah and you don't notice it as much unless you play a bunch of ports back to back like when you look at the c64 the master system version of this game yeah and the scrolling is silky smooth yeah you notice it, but if you were, if the ST was the only machine you had, probably not a deal breaker. Yeah. Probably not a deal breaker. Um, this, as far as the sound goes, in the original arcade machine, Gauntlet has, I mean, I don't know if you remember, Gauntlet has a ton of sound yeah, effects. It was
1: the sound in the arcade was way, way better. It's got digitized speech. It's yeah. got it's got
0: tons of sound effects. 222 sound effects yeah. in the arcade Yeah, it was version. really good. That was one of the best aspects. Really. Uh, they only allocated 20K for yeah. the sound effects you can in the SD version. There's a lot yeah. of stuff missing. Yeah, and what the developers did, get this they they found an audio output on the board on, yeah. the, on the circuit board yeah and they tapped into it directly into the st to sample the sound yeah you know which
1: is pretty cool that's smart um
0: and and so all the sounds there the arcade sounds but they at such a low bit rate that you never yeah. know yeah it it's it's not the best. I wonder if that was done on any other ports, because that's the first time I've heard of the developers actually them. like yeah tapping into the board and and, and it's actually that's not the worst. That if you can, I mean you could have a computer that can get away with that, right? You right. Know, I'm sure that had to have been done on the like the Amiga, for mm-hmm. example. I can't deal with that. So as you might expect, speaking of the other ports, Gauntlet was ported to everything under the sun. Yeah, uh, it came out right at the peak of the 8-bit market, you know, 86, 87, at the dawn of the 16-bit market. So you got releases on the Apple II, Atari 8-bits, the Amstrad, the Speccy, the C64, DOS, you got Master System, NES. In case you were wondering, there's a J2ME version of that, pajaco probably worked on it. He worked on every game on the J2ME. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, if this rolls around on ARG again, hey, yeah. J2ME gauntlet. Oh man, yeah, we'll get right on it. <laughs> Uh, for my money, the best port of them all, and the system that I re- recognize as the king of the arcade ports, is the Master System version. Uh, it's very well done. The graphics are not at quite as high fidelity yeah. as the as the ST version, but still, still pretty good. Still pretty good. Um, Aaron, do you have a favorite port of Gauntlet that you always go to? You know,
1: uh, I have played the Master System one. It's good. You know, I played a lot of Gauntlet <laughs> so on the Coco. <laughs> So yeah, I, I will say I I kind of like it. So I mean, obviously there's some huge differences, but I I did play that one the most. Uh, I actually I didn't hate. You know, the thing is I don't like gauntlets, so it's not like I'm going out of my way to to try out all the different ports. Uh, but uh, you know, I really I didn't think the Atari port because I mean I'd heard people were like, oh you're gonna pay this is garbage. I mean, it was it was gauntlet. It just was yeah. like not real smooth. Here's, here's
0: what I think. I think the the version of Gauntlet two for the ST must be so much better yeah. than Gauntlet one that people just automatically look at this and say, "Why would you bother?"
1: Yeah, you know, it's, yeah. it's one of those. Things. You can see the C64 went the uh, as we look at it on the screen here. It went the route of putting the thing at the bottom. Right. Hey, look, look how look how much smoother the C64 version scrolls. though. Yeah. <laughs> than the, than well, the, it sorry. won't be the
0: last time that we see a C64 best the ST. Well, I mean, that's just the, the scrolling now. Listen to you. Don't put, try I'm, to, I'm putting our sponsor over. You're trying, I mean, to, get I'm your, trying to catch his eye. You're getting back over here. with the crowd, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Aaron. Well, this game won a bunch of awards. The Atari okay. ST version? Yeah. It was awarded the Golden Joystick Award for Game of the Year in 1986. Yeah. It was a runner up for the Arcade Style Game of the Year the same year. Uh, those were the two contemporary magazine reviews I found. You know, it's interesting. The site Atari Legends, which yeah. is the site that I use from time to time in research, and from time to time I mean all the time, Yeah, uh, they list a completely different development team for this game. According to them, this game was programmed by Richard Costello with sound by Bill Allen and graphics by Kevin Bulmer. I did want to mention all those guys. I wasn't sure to go with their assessment or Atari, or Atari manias until I found a magazine interview with Graham and Toman. Yeah, so I figured they wouldn't have faked an interview. Yeah, so I think Atari Legends got that wrong. Uh, but if anybody knows why that discrepancy exists, please let me know in the comments. Um, the reviews that I found for this uh, from back in the day, the French, you know, the Atari ST, big in Europe, the French magazine Generation Four or Generation 5 gave it ninety-four out of hundred. And German magazine, Atari Magazine, gave it 80. Very imaginative name on that one. Yeah, yeah. So, we did get some reviews on the old Discord here. Um, Let's go to our reviews. Uh, Looks like Pajaco6502 writes, Gauntlet on the ST is sadly disappointing. It looks like Gauntlet. Yeah, the intro screen and that iconic music, but the wheels soon come off when you start playing. Performance is clunky and slow, Pestlet is also missing many of the key sounds from the arcade game, making the whole experience feel empty. Again, only having this at home wasn't the worst, and heck, I had the Speccy version and loved it, so it's not all bad. But Gauntlet 2 on the ST is far closer to the arcade than the original. It plays well, the sound is great, and so knowing that the ST could pull this off means I can't see myself playing the original Gauntlet on ST out of choice. Someone really needs to take Gauntlet 2 and hack it to be a decent original Gauntlet game. If you honestly want a great arcade-quality Gauntlet game at home, play Gauntlet 2 and leave Gauntlet on the shelf 5 out of 10. I heard that a lot. And Dave Velociraptor writes, For an early ST machine, bear in mind this is a 1985 arcade game on a 1985 micro. It's great. The STE version that uses the blitter is even smoother, although that's a modern, improved version. It's not quite the arcade in graphics and smoothness, etc., and sound is probably the area where it falls most short. But it's a great arcade conversion all the same. My biggest gripe with Gauntlet though is that for an arcade style roguelike game you always feel like you're losing and putting more 10p coins in. I don't know what doing well feels like in Gauntlet. Either I'm rotten at this game or they missed an opportunity to make this game a bit better than the coin munching arcade and make it possible to succeed in. There's not much reason to play this over Gauntlet 2 that I can think of, but all that said it's a solid 7 out of 10 for me. PS, AGA sucks.
1: Well, what the?
0: <laughs> you know, he's got a
1: point there. It and that, does. Ada does something. Not that, oh, you idiot. The fact that this game, you don't feel like you're doing well, you're not, or you're doing good, you're just there. Yeah. And you really, you have, you're just there trudging through. Right. That was my problem with all the versions yeah. of this, and all the sequels of this. I mean, some of them look better and sound great. They had, They had a lot of flash and gimmicks, but I mean, just the gameplay didn't do it for me have dude. you have
0: you you know I consider games more modern games like Dynasty Warriors to be a uh, a spiritual successor to the gauntlet games have you ever played any of those? Dynasty Warriors. Mm-hmm. I don't. That's not the ones where you're like, oh no, is that the beat them up? So you know? the, these are like you're 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 up against. They're 3D perspective games, and you're yeah. just up against hordes and hordes of enemies. Yeah, we, and the, me and the Luke have played those. Yeah. some of those because there's a bunch of them, right? Yeah, there's I mean, the millions of them. You think this is the that's the natural? Yeah, because the the whole idea of Gauntlet. This was really the first game where you were confronted with just waves and waves and like it seemed like hundreds of enemies yeah. all crowding in yeah, and around. Yeah, I suppose you. so. Yeah. So anyway, uh, thank you for your reviews, uh, Discord community, we appreciate it, um, and uh, yeah, I think that uh, it's time to call upon our uh, BoatFest live uh, audience here, does anybody have any thoughts on Gauntlet? Anybody want to come up and give it a, a quick review? Anyone even tried this on the ST, ever? don't yeah, ever tried it? <laughs> Now, now, Curtis, you were you raised your hand when cool. you said that there were other arcade games that they tapped into the audio of. Yeah. What what were some of the other ones?
2: Uh, well, Gantlet 2 on the Coco 3 was one Dave Dies actually recorded right off of the arcade game. Oh, interesting. And interesting. like the ST, it only had some of the sound effects, but they were right from the arcade. They pulled it right off there. Yeah. Okay. And Astari did that as well. Cool. Cool.
0: All right. Well, it doesn't appear that there's any thoughts on Gauntlet, but that's okay. It's a thought. Uh, I can mention one thing
2: on Gauntlet, the arcade game. Like, okay. I was at university when it first came out. And I've never seen a, an arcade game get that lined up before. We had like ten to twenty people deep on each player. They were lining up quarters on the side of the screen here to get on it, and so many classes we were missed, including mine.
0: Yeah, I mean, four thousand dollars a month in earnings. I can see I wouldn't why. be surprised yeah. if
2: they made that a day. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, you know, it, it the the they stumbled upon quite a uh, money making scheme by making an unbeatable game that you that you can continue on to, to perpetually feed
2: money into. Right. And the cooperative play, that's something you guys mentioned too, like playing in solo, it sucks. Mm-hmm. It's boring. Yeah. But if you get four players and you're all cooperating and you're protecting the this week and all that... That, that was that it, a feeling
0: fun. that nobody really had before in an arcade because there weren't a whole lot of four-player simultaneous games
2: like that in the arcade Yeah, the And Especially your you're cooperative, like you get your wizard, you know, he's kind of dying, he's low on food, so you kind of get him off the side, the other people wall up until they find food, then you get him, and then of course it's, he it's helps... It's almost like version.
0: a very primitive WoW raid where you got your yeah. tank and your DPS and all that stuff, so... Uh, Nicholas, do you have something about a gauntlet memory from the arcade? Oh, yeah. Like, Come I on remember, up, sit in the chair, sit Nicholas. The chair. I got this in the chair. Okay. Like, um, I remember first um,
1: going to Myrtle Beach. There was one at the hotel we always stayed at. That's my first. And then we got it for the NES, and we loved it. I mean, I remember several times me and my younger brother just, you know, we'd put it in, and we'd start playing and go as long as we can. Mm-hmm. or Because we had a Game Genie, and we put in <laughs> Infinite Lies, and just, we just grind until we got tired and stopped playing. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: that's great, yeah, that just goes to show that we talk about the NES port being garbage, but that's only a, as a reflection of all the other ports. If that's the only gauntlet you grew up playing, you probably thought it was fine. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you, Nicholas. All right, Rob, come on up, sit in the chair. <laughs> well, I was wondering if you could talk a little bit more about the smooth scrolling on the Commodore.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, uh, you guys, I, I think you both said that you like to play the warrior, yeah, the one you choose. But what do you think is the worst character in Gauntlet? Boy, I really don't think the elf is. The elf seems to be bad at everything. I mean, I'm naturally elfin in my mannerisms, <laughs> but I, that doesn't translate to the 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 character. Just doesn't seem like there's anything unique about him. I want to be either really strong in magic or really strong in fight. What do you think, Aaron?
1: Um, I don't like the wizard i don't know it's just so just name is generic come on
0: merlin that is lame
1: Questor is even better now that Questor is pretty good you know uh so but Questor sounds like one of those drugs they sell in the news <laughs> they sell drugs on the news <laughs> you know like you know for elderly it's like, are here you're suffering from butt pain now like, get Questor. store <laughs> oh, i see what you mean it's all your local pharmacist your doctor and then it lists off like 15 that like, Questor may cause like Herpes, it may give you cancer. Your brain may fall out. You may, you know, your nose may explode. It's like, what what have I got that's so bad that I'm going to take a I don't even know. You won't know until you have it. You know, so the names are no good. But Merlin, just so generic. Is that the best you can come up with, Merlin? Yeah. So, yeah, that's why. And Thor is no winner either. But, I mean, Thor, Mm -hmm. you know. So, yeah, this is generic as as the day is long. But you give it a pass because no one else was doing it. Right, eh. right. I don't like like any of it. Come on up,
0: Scott.
1: So I just had a quick question. In my experience in this game, I was young. It was at the local movie store. Uh, I'm sorry, movie theater. Did any of you all get conned into being that kid like, "Oh,
0: you're you're weak at this. Go on, you take the lead." And then of course, you'd rip
2: your quarters. Lamb. Yeah, but you're yes. too stupid to realize you were the sacrificial lamb. I'm, I'm just curious, did idea. anybody else have
0: that experience? No, but that's interesting. <laughs> this, this was definitely one of the first games where you could con a kid and, and I was be, that kid.
1: That. That's all. I saw people do that in the arcade and the think I mean, and it goes back to like how are you going to play it? That the will that is one thing Gotham gave you. You could be a straight-up team Give people food that needs it. Give people, be cool with them. Okay, I'm going to unlock this door. A lot of stuff's going to run out. Take the hit. They'd go over and do it. But on the flip side, you can be the biggest jerk. I mean, I saw people in the arcade just, you know, there's not that many games where you see an actual fight. God was one of them. Why'd you shoot that? Why'd you eat that? Why'd you think that you're already full? Because (laughs) it's costing you physical money. Mm -hmm. So someone hosed you out of money. You're not going to put up with that. And so when you're a little snot-nosed kid, and you want to play the game and the other guys are playing they're going to get you in there and you this is how you learn this, this is arcade child rearing oh i didn't learn that though 20 years later though <laughs> but anywho that and uh i just the only thing sadly though is with any going arcade to home is there's that certain magic and that certain tension when you have that like you said my mom gave me a buck mm-hmm. and at 20 I, you got four plays kid don't screw it up with the unlimited quarter it just loses a little bit of its magic that's all you're right he's you're right and especially in a game like this where you know where you uh uh that's the game it's almost like gambling in a way in a weird way you're gambling with your own entertainment you've got a limited amount of money and that's what it is go on curtis
2: yeah i mean just to kind of extend on that line to like i was in university when it came out so we were trying to be a bit more mature and more cooperative and you'd have somebody that was like kind of brought so much money to the arcade in the in the university. And then if you were one of the critical people on the team, but you were dying, people would lend you quarters and pump them into oh your God. slot and like pump you back yeah, up. Yeah. That's what I was say. Yeah. Yeah. I never saw that. <laughs> but yeah, it, it taught you money skills. I guess is what I'm saying. Money well, money Very good. Any other Gauntlet memories? All
0: right. Can well, you guys do an impersonation of your favorite Gauntlet uh, sound sample oh man uh, warrior needs food badly that's when I heard... <laughs> wizard is about to die oh my God. um yeah the
2: tattletale part was fun that was
0: so Aaron uh let's see I did look this up on eBay
2: yeah okay uh eBay
0: you can buy one of these sealed for two hundred dollars. Jeez, Louise, and the people badmouth it left and right. You know, it's funny, ST games, they're just as rare as hen's teeth. Yeah, you don't see them that much. I thought thought that Amiga games were hard to come by, but whenever whenever we do these shows, it's just astounding how little of this software is out there being sold on the market. I don't know if the collectors are all hoarding it or what's going on, but uh, it's just tough. It's tough to find. Yeah. All right, Aaron, it's time to bid a fond Farewell to Gauntlet. Listeners, we want to hear your feedback. Please feel free to leave us a comment on YouTube, and if you could leave a review on your podcast service of choice, we'd greatly appreciate it. We release this show in both audio podcast and video format on YouTube at bit.ly slash Show, and we record live on Twitch at twitch.tv slash AmigosRetroGaming. If you want to support our show, just visit patreon.com slash Atari ST Show. We do have a goal of there. If we can get to $200 a month in Patreon support, the Atari ST Show will morph from a monthly show to a weekly show, and that would be super awesome. That would be interesting. Which leads us to our ST Supporter Roll Call. Thanks to all these fine folks for supporting the Atari ST Show. Brett Owens, Laurent Giroux, Twilight Zoner, Olivia Masu, Tim Drew, Retro Jerry, and Bernard Quinn. Thank you. Thank you very much. If you like our format and you want to hear more, feel free to check out our other shows, Amigos, Everything Amiga, Iris Sinclair, An American Take on the ZX Spectrum, The Coco Show, Gaming on the Tandy Color Computer, and ARG Presents, where Aaron and the Brent spin the wheel and make the deal. All of these shows can be found on the Amigos Retro Gaming YouTube channel or at anchor.fm slash amigos podcast. Aaron, what are we playing next week? I Oh, Oh, so Aaron, the time has finally come for our first Amiga versus Atari ST battle show. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So we're taking the Amiga port of Buggy Boy and putting it up against the ST port. There can only be one winner. Okay. Okay. Because, you know, uh, uh, I don't recall liking the Amiga Buggy Boy that much. So maybe Atari's in it with a chance. Yeah. Yeah. So... Uh, thanks as always, everybody, for listening. Uh, and if you want to play Buggy Boy, leave us a review. Oh, did I? I read the Discord reviews ago. I almost thought I forgot, but I did. So good job, dude. Tragedy averted. Guys, uh, thank you so much for listening. Make sure you play your Atari today. Thank you. Thank
1: you.